Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah rabbil ameen. We are now uh, really getting into the middle of the, the last 10 nights. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from you all. May Allah allow all of us to be amongst those that catch Laylatul Qadr. Allahumma ameen. And as we, are, uh, as, as we are going through these 10 nights, just a reminder inshallah ta'ala, we hope that you'll donate to Yaqeen Bidnillah amongst the many other good projects that you're donating to inshallah ta'ala in these last 10 nights. Alhamdulillah, we have a treat, a treat today. Uh, I, I'm so excited for this session, alhamdulillah. First of all, we have Ustad Lubna, alhamdulillah, who of course, beyond being one of our board members, is, is someone who, mashallah, brings a lot of positivity and just a lot of hope. And um, Sheikh Abdullah and I have been down on y'all this year. Like it's been like a really like fear-based Quran 30 for 30. So we need hope uh, to come in with, with Sheikh, with Ustad Lubna, inshallah ta'ala. So we're happy to have Ustad Lubna and we have a real Mufti. We have Mufti Farhan Zubairi. Sheikh, we had we had Mufti Abdurrahman Wahid yesterday. It, and we were like, we need to, we need a, a proper Mufti because Mufti Abdurrahman Wahid it, it just, he hijacked the program. It became about basketball, uh, and it just went all over the place. So we have a proper Mufti Farhan Zubairi, who, alhamdulillah, from IOK, alhamdulillah, working on, alhamdulillah, finally working on a paper with us at Yaqeen. Can't wait to see its publication, inshallah ta'ala, but also Institute of Knowledge, one of the most blessed institutions, alhamdulillah, in North America. Uh, your leadership, of course, under Sheikh Norman Beg and all of the mashayikh that are out there, so proud of that institution. And Mufti Farhan, dear beloved friend, the only Mufti who's ever taken me to halal Korean barbecue. Uh, alhamdulillah. Mufti Farhan, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, very good. Honored to be with you today, mashallah. Have you ever met Mufti Abdurrahman Wahid? I have, a few times, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Have, you, have you ever bald him? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. You wear nicer shoes, nicer yeah. sneakers. That's kind of your thing, right? I don't think he wants to see me on the court. <laughs> oh, mashallah. <laughs> All right, Mufti Abdurrahman, you heard it. That challenge sounded as serious as it comes. Based on the... Sheikh, when did you start doing sneakers with the thobe, the like those fly sneakers? That's kind of your thing. I, I, I think I'm the original. I think so, too. <laughs> I've been doing sneakers before they became like a thing. MashaAllah. <laughs> MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Mufti Sahib, how are things at uh, IOK? Alhamdulillah. Beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, been, it's been really busy and hectic, but busy and hectic in a good way. A very good way. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Ustada Lubna, how are you? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Ustada Lubna, can you tell us about the pet iguanas? <laughs> I, you know, I was going to bring it up. I, I you got forewarning because I asked you about it. So you have pet iguanas. We we, we have one, and it's a bearded one. dragon. It's a bearded dragon, super cute. He's named Chalubi. Uh, I don't know if you guys can can reference the character from a Disney movie. Chalubi. <laughs> it's pretty obscure. It's pretty obscure. It's uh, Monsters Inc. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, now I remember. Now I remember that. Yeah. Wazowski walks in and says, "Chalubi, baby." So there you go. There we, you go. we had to name our bearded dragon after that. Bearded dragon? Yeah. Because he, he, he puffs up, you know, depending on if he's warm or cold or whether, whether he feels threatened, he puffs up his uh, his beard, so to speak. So he's Muslim, real Muslim dude, mashallah. <laughs> mashallah. <laughs> Do you think he could take Sheikh Abdullah Dur? 
No, no, never. I, I mean, my, my bearded dragoness has really sharp claws, but other than that, he's really small. So Sheikh Abdullah can, you know. Sheikh Abdullah, would you run? Be honest. Would you run if that thing was like loose on you? Chalubi, right? Yeah. Would I run? No. If someone walked, <laughs> if someone walked into the masjid and threw Chalubi at you, would you run? Or would you? Um, Nobody would run away from him. He's too cute, mashallah. Okay, mashallah. Cute bearded dragon. Cute bearded dragon sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a creation of Allah. Allah. There you go. That's true. 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 We, 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 we. Inshallah, next time you can bring Chalubi on. on yes. Yeah. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Honestly, today's just. So first of all, I have to apologize again. I went a jizz ahead again. Second time I've done this this season. I promise you, inshallah ta'ala, I'll be more careful with the last few episodes. Sheikh Abdullah was really hard on me about this. But Surah Al-Zumar uh, falls in this juz as well as the previous juz. I went ahead. However, alhamdulillah, Rabbil Ameen, uh, the reflections that we're going to have on Surah Al-Zumar today don't overlap. So it'll, inshallah ta'ala, be enriching. So, bidnanahi ta'ala, we are now going to go into uh, juz uh, 24 so subhanAllah just a note actually uh, as we get into Surah Ghafir uh, this is the family of Hamim and if you've been watching the Ramadan series uh, this is of course the garden of Ibn Mas'ud where he talks about that when I come to this family of Hamim I absolutely love to take my time with it to smell all of its flowers, to benefit from all that it has to give to us, to be enriched by it. It is such a powerful set of suah that we have. And Sheikh Yasser Fahmi, actually, I remember last year uh, talked about, uh, He, I know he was on this just because he talked about the family of Hamim uh, last year as well. So Surah Ghafir is the family of Hamim, the beginning of this family, and it goes into a beautiful pivot from what we end off with in Azuma. And I talked about last time the angels the mana'ika and you have the angels celebrating around the throne of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala glorifying allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying alhamdulillah it is success this is after we have entered into paradise may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from ahl jannah now if you go to surah ghafir verses seven through nine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those angels who are carrying the throne and those around it, glorifying the praises of their Lord, they have belief in Him, they have faith in Him, and yastaghfiruna lilladina amanu. SubhanAllah, what are these angels doing? as they carry the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they seek forgiveness for the believers. They're seeking forgiveness for the believers. And they are saying, wa O our Lord, you encompass everything with your mercy and with your knowledge. So forgive those who repent and who follow your way and protect them from the torment of the fire. You know, this is, of course, who created these angels? Right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created these angels. Their their rahmah or this seeking forgiveness is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has caused them to seek forgiveness for us. And so what merciful Lord do we have? SubhanAllah, subhanAllah Rahman, what merciful Lord do we have? That He created the angels that are around His throne, and all they are doing is seeking forgiveness for us after they glorify His praises and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us 
the best of al-firdaus and then rabbana wa adkhilhum jannati adnin allati wa'adtahum wa man salaha min aba'ihim wa azwajihim wa dhurriyatihim innaka antal azizul hakim our lord admit them into gardens of eternity which you have promised them along with the righteous amongst their parents their spouses their offspring you alone are truly the almighty the all wise and protect them from the consequences of their sins, meaning it's inevitable that they still will have sins. And so whoever is protected from the evil of their sins on that day, then you have surely shown the mercy. And that is the mighty success. So I just want to talk really briefly about these throne bearers, the angels who are Hamlat al-Absh, that bear the throne. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ told us, he said that I saw one of the angels that bears the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, That the distance between the lobe of his ear and his shoulder is a journey of 700 years. SubhanAllah. Just from the lobe of his ear to his shoulder. And of course, even this, Allah knows best, is from the, the, the matters of the ghayb, right? You know, human... Uh, human perceptions and things that are completely out of our grasp but the distance between the lobe of his ear and his shoulder is a journey of 700 years and what exactly are they saying in this regard there's a narration from shahr ibn shahr. he said that the bearers of the throne are eight four of them are saying glory be to you O allah all praises are due to you for your forbearance after your knowledge, your hilm after your ilm. Meaning the fact that Allah knows everything about us, yet He still shows forbearance. Right? Allah knows more about us than we know about ourselves, yet He still shows forbearance. And then He said, Glory be to you and praise be to you for the forgiveness that you show, the afu that you show. Despite your qudra, despite your power over them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still shows afu, he, afwa, he still shows us that pardon, that forgiveness. And this is profound because we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the night in which the angels are coming in the most plentiful fashion. We're saying, Allahumma innaka afu wa tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. Oh Allah, you are al-afu, you are the forgiver, you love to forgive, so forgive me. And the angels are carrying all of those du'as and that forgiveness, those, those pleas for forgiveness, and adding their pleas to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the fact that Allah shows us hilm despite his ilm, that Allah shows us forbearance despite his knowledge of all things, and despite that Allah, the, the fact that Allah knows everything about us, about us and he still does not punish us for it and the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over us you can't force Allah to forgive you don't get to impose your notions of mercy and forgiveness but even if you were to try his mercy and forgiveness are far more encompassing than anything that has been projected or imposed upon him subhanahu wa ta'ala rather it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite his qudra his power over everything and everyone Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to forgive and chooses to pardon for those that seek it. So just think about this, this idea, right, of the angels around the throne right now seeking forgiveness and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are protected from the consequences of our sins so that we enter into his into his paradise. And if we enter into his paradise, then surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have shown us that mercy and that forgiveness. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us indeed 
to be in the presence of the angels, to be in the presence of the prophets and the righteous ones, and to be under his throne and looking up at him subhanahu wa ta'ala and being rewarded by him consistently while eternally being neighbors of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma ameen. Inshallah ta'ala with that, I will pass it off to Shaykh Abdullah. Tawadah Shaykh Abdullah. Jazakumullah khairan. Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'du. Uh, when looking at subhanAllah the Akhirah and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about uh, the angels and what Sheikh Omar mentioned, uh, it's important to always remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough for us in regards to that, in regards to the fact that he tells us about the future, tells us about the present, about ourselves, our state, and then also while telling us about the past. So remembering that his ilm is sham and kamen, that it's, it is comprehensive, that he knows what was, what, it'll be, what will be, and what is currently now. But what I want to talk about, subhanAllah, is in the chapter of Zumar, verses 34 to roughly 36, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the affairs of those that disbelieve and those that believe. But then he mentions a small little portion of an ayah that I really want to capitalize on for all of us as human beings. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about those that are unjust and lie against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they lie against, uh, and they're unjust and lying or uh, deceiving. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after a'udhu billah min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, فَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ كَذَبَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَذَّبَ بِالصِّدْقِ إِذْ جَاءَ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ أَلَيْسَ فِي جَهَنَّمَ مَثْوَلْ لِلْكَافِرِينَ Allah says, and so who is more unjust than the one who lies about Allah and denies the truth? كَذَبَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَذَّبَ بِالصِّدْقِ The one that lies about Allah and the one that denies the truth when it has come to him. Is there not in hell a residence for the disbelieving individual? So those two characteristics, they they deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they, or excuse me, they lie about Allah and then they deny the truth. This is the ultimate, ultimate blasphemous act is that they don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala voluntarily and then they lie or deny the truth. This is the essence of what we call polytheism. This is the, the root of it, is that they deny the truth. And that's where the word kafara comes from, to disbelieve or to disbelieve or deny or to be ungrateful linguistically, if you're just generically speaking. And that is a sign of the ungratefulness, to totally uh, deny and belie, if you will. Then the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the opposite. التفت, he turns and goes to the opposite characteristics in the, the different people. He says, which is very interesting from a linguistic aspect, which we don't have time to go into. So here Allah says, Allah uses basically, I have to touch on a little, I just love it so much, the morphological makeup that Allah uses to touch on certain points by just showing you the language. He can use it how he wills and for you to just be encaptured by it if you allow yourself to be encaptured by it. So he says here, and the one who has brought the truth and they believed in it, those are the righteous. The one that has brought the truth and they believed in it, those are the righteous ones. As opposed to uh, opposed to lying against Allah and belying the truth. The truth has been brought to you and you believe in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions after that, For those individuals that the truth was brought to them and they believed in it, they will have whatever they desire with their Lord. Inshallah, that is Jannah. May Allah make us from the inhabitants of Jannah. Then after that, he says, that is a reward for the doers of good. And we talked about the muhsin, the one that practices with excellence. You believe this is the truth 
and you make and you have an allegiance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do your best. And Allah says after that, the one that believes and does their best, what happens? Allah says here, and this is beautiful, that Allah may remove them from the worst of what they did. Remove from the worst of what they did and reward them due to the best of what they used to do. So the worst of what you've done, Allah will remove that and he will reward you uh, from the best of what you used to do. So seeing just because of this belief and allegiance to Allah and doing your best, he can remove the worst of what you used to do. If we sit and think about those sins that we remember, that we remember, the ones that we don't remember, inshallah, Allah's al-afu, al-ghafur from those that we don't even remember as we've talked about. But the ones that you remember to where you sit and you hope that no one saw you, no one heard you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know that he heard you, he sees you, all of his beautiful names and attributes are encompassing. You hope that he forgives you. And he says that he will forgive you for the worst of what you used to do outside of the disbelief that we know, which was mentioned previously. But those sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can easily forgive you of those shortcomings that you have. So that belief can be a means of expiation. The belief that you have can serve as a means of generic expiation for your sins. The tawheed with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So any act that you do with the correct intention of tawheed is a means of expiation. The salat, the salawat. As we know that the Prophet mentioned that it is a kafara. That it is a kafara. It is an expiation from one salat to the next. Jum'ah. From Jum'ah to Jum'ah. So many spiritual opportunities to be rejuvenated, renewed, purified. But what I want to capitalize on here for the last minute is the first portion of this last verse. Alayhi Allahu bikafin abada. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is Allah not sufficient enough for his servant? The context here is talking about how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam particularly and the Muslims generally, how they were threatened by the mushrikun because of the gods that they used to worship. They would say, you are calling, out, you are calling our gods out. We're going to summon our gods to punish you. And Ibrahim alayhi salam was the same situation, the prophets in general. But Allah says, is a not, Allah not sufficient for you? You know his beautiful names and attributes. One of them, he is al-Khalaq, al-Razi. He is the one that created these idols that they worship. He created these idols, whether physically or something that is metaphorically speaking. He created all of these idols that they are threatening you with. I created them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us throughout the Quran. So to rely on the one that created them, this is a, a, a perfection and richness in your tawheed. But generically speaking, we should ask ourselves a question. Is Allah enough for me in my life? Do I trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When he gives a message of Islam or a guideline that has a, a mighty spiritual objective, do I trust in it? When I'm stressed, do I go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and go to the ones that Allah has entrusted on this earth to be of those that he has given the faculties to help me. Is Allah sufficient enough? And we'll lie, this question we have to ask ourselves at least five times a day. Oh Allah, please be, please make my heart firm on your religion. To where when your heart is firm, you realize that Allah is enough for you. And it takes that spiritual renewal, it takes practicing the sharia in different ways that was implemented by the Prophet i.e. the sunnah, is that enough for us? That's a question we have to ask ourselves consistently 
and consistently ask Allah to make us of those that our hearts rely on him and not on anything else to where we view from the Islamic Lord-like lens and not view it from any other lens of emotion or any other lens that can tamper with that beautiful Tawheed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that say, Allah, Islam, yakfili, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough for us. Barakallahu feekum. Ameen. Amin to your beautiful dua, uh, Sheikh Abdullah. Mashallah, it's uh, beautiful. Bismillah wa salat wa salam ala Rasulullah. So uh, I really wanted to focus on this ayah in Surah Zumar that gives so much hope. You know, we need to be reminded, alhamdulillah, of, of, you know, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's might and, and the fact that he will take us to account. But we also need uh, this really huge concept of hope that Allah gives us so much in, especially in this ayah in Surah Al-Zumar. Um, and I'm not going to say the ayah just yet. I'm going to tease you a little bit first. Uh, Thawban reported that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said that I would not love to have the world or anything in it in exchange for this verse. And what is that verse? Oh, my servants who have transgressed, transgressed against themselves, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Verily, Allah forgives all sins, for he is the forgiving, the merciful. Such a beautiful verse. So alhamdulillah, we're, we're going to break that down and talk about it. Um, imagine that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said that he wouldn't give anything up for this verse. That's how powerful it is. You know, when we start uh, in the beginning of this ayah, just to kind of go into a little, you know, breaking down just some of the the, uh, the the word choices Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uses. Qul ibadi, say Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Oh my servants, how beautiful is it that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has attached us to Him, even in which state? Alladina asrafu ala and fusihim. Those who have transgressed. It's not like you sinned a little bit. You have transgressed against yourself. You sinned big. What what about that? You're still the servant of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So come back. How beautiful is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still attaches us to him with that ibadi, with that yeah at the end. We're connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though what? We have transgressed against ourselves. And subhanAllah, it's interesting when you think about it. When we sin, we're not harming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is just a kind of a nice reminder. You're transgressing against yourself. But even with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is, is so merciful. And then what's, what's the next part of the ayah? Don't despair. Don't despair in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because in Why? Because don't despair in the mercy of Allah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all sins, jami'ah, all of it. Wait, wait, even shirk? I thought I thought shirk. No, even shirk. But of course, what's what's the what's the catch here? You have to make tawbah. Right? But how easy is that? How easy is it to make a sincere return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So, you know, what do we have to lose? As uh, Sheikh Abdullah was mentioning, you know, make the salah, you know, you know, love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sharia, love his deen. It's such a gift for us. So return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Go back to him. Uh, and just the last part of this ayah, uh, rahim, that Allah verily is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And it's, and it's so amazing that in this verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the sifa or the, the, the description of rahmah twice and forgiveness twice. You know, don't, don't despair in the mercy of Allah. And then in the very end, because he's the most merciful and also that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives 
uh, uh, all sins and that he is the most forgiving. Uh, subhanAllah. Uh, if any of you are struggling or you know somebody who's struggling and you feel bad about yourself, Sheikh Abdullah, again, you were mentioning, I keep referring back to you, but you were mentioning those sins that you remember, they can haunt you, right? And, and if you let it, um, shaitan can, can make waswasa. Oh, wow, you really, you, you really went far. How, how can you consider yourself religious now? Look what you did in the past. Those thoughts can creep in. Sometimes it's our own critical thinking of ourselves that lets us, you know, come down on ourselves really hard. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us, don't despair in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and just briefly, the next ayah, here's, here's the condition part. Right? So turn to your Lord in repentance. And inaba um, is, is, is turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the condition. Wait a minute, even shirk, even, you know, zina, even all of these unspeakable sins that I've transgressed against myself. Yes. What do you have to do? Just turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is that turning back? It's repentance. It's that sincere remorse. It's a sincere intention that you're not going to go back and to do it again. And the effort to actually not go back and do it again. And asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that forgiveness. How merciful and how beautiful is, how merciful is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And how beautiful is, uh, is our deen? That as human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows we're going to make mistakes, but he gives us a path back to him. It's totally amazing. Um, so really briefly, I wanted to mention, I mentioned that shaitan wants to make waswasa with us, kind of try to convince us and, and mess with our minds and say, you know what, you've really messed up. You, you can't go back. You're not religious. Who do you think you are? You know, imposter syndrome. Start putting that in your head. We do that to ourselves. We do that to ourselves. It's our own critical thinking. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's, it's a type of thinking pattern we pick up from our families, from our culture, from society, from the, our loved ones around us, unfortunately. It's a style of maybe wanting to make you a better person, just kind of being hard on you. But And, and what ends up happening is that we internalize that and we start doing that to ourselves. And that's really dangerous. So if that ha starts happening, remember this ayah. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful and I shouldn't despair. I shouldn't despair for his mercy. I wanted to just briefly close with this story, uh, very touching. I just had a week ago of this young lady uh, who came up to me and she was telling me that she wanted to put on the hijab and she was struggling because she had different fact, you know, different people, loved ones in her life that were pulling her in different directions. And then she also said that some people, subhanAllah, because she had made a big shift in her life. Some people even say, you know, you're just faking all of this religiosity. You know, who, who do you think you are? And she looked at me, subhanAllah, it was, a, it was a hot day in California. She's looking at me and she's telling me, subhanAllah, nobody could pay me or tell me anything that would make me want to go back to what I used to do or how I used to dress. And she started tearing up, subhanAllah. It's powerful. When that iman gets into your heart, nobody can take that away. So don't let other people's you know, uh, uh, nonsense talk affect you. Don't let your own thoughts your critical thoughts affect you. Don't let the waswasa of shaitan affect you. Your iman is yours and don't let anybody take your iman away from you. Your iman is buried in your heart and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's in your heart. So uh, protect it and don't let anybody take it away from you. We're so blessed, alhamdulillah, in this, uh, in, in our religion to have so much hope. And finally, if you are, uh, you know, are, are, are in, in, if you are a mentor, a family member, a community member, don't be that person that makes others doubt the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be that person that makes somebody think, uh, am I really faking this? Do I really, am I really religious or am I just putting on a front? Be that person that supports 
uh, everyone on their spiritual journey, on their faith journey, be that person that reminds individuals of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't take that away from anybody. Jazakumullah khairan. Barakallahu feekum. MashaAllah, what a powerful analogy. I'm, I'm going to pretend you didn't just complain about California weather, though. That didn't happen, right? No, 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 no. I love it. From SoCal. <laughs> I was just saying we were fasting. Our our lips were okay. dry. It was sunny, but it's beautiful. Allah There's Allah. like some serious taunting. Sheikh Jihad Safir, when he came on, he goes, he goes, yes. Or no, it's Mustafa Omar. He said 68 degree weather. Like, what? <laughs> So Last anyway. week it was actually hot. It was actually 95 degrees. It was hot. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're having this fluctuation like crisis. You know, it's a little, little crazy. For the international audience, that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. We're not, we're not, yeah. Uh, subhanAllah, we've talked about angels. We've talked about the shaitan. We've talked about mercy, hope, fear, and balancing the two. And SubhanAllah, you are in constant struggle to overcome the whisper of shaitan that tells you that you cannot have that lofty presence the presence of the mana'ika that are glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeking forgiveness for you and I think Mufti Farhan has the perfect closing inshallah ta'ala section for us all so tafadlul Mufti Farhan Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa ala rasulina wa ba'd all thanks and praise are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may his peace and blessings be upon his last and final messenger his family his companions and those who follow him until the end of times um, you know sister Lubna uh, she spoke about this very beautiful verse that Ibn Abbas refers to as the verse that gives us the most hope. And the verse that I'm going to speak about, he referred to as the most gentle or the softest verse in the Quran. And this is verse number 30 up to 32 of Surah Fussilat, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Truly those who say our Lord is Allah and then remain firm and steadfast upon it. The angels descend upon them saying, do not fear nor grieve. Rather rejoice in the good news of paradise which you have been promised. We are your supporters, we are your guardians in this worldly life and in the hereafter. And there you will have whatever your souls desire, and there you will have whatever you ask for. As a welcoming gift from the most forgiving, the most merciful. You know, when I was studying, I always found this verse to be extremely beautiful, to be extremely eloquent, powerful, and profound. And in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's speaking about two very simple yet profound concepts and characteristics, faith and steadfastness, iman and istiqamah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that if we have iman, if we accept, acknowledge, and serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as our Rabb, as our Lord, our Creator, our Cherisher, our Nourisher, our Sustainer. And then we remain steadfast upon that, then we're guaranteed success in this life and salvation in the next. And the same exact message, it was echoed by the Prophet that one day a companion came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, قُلْنِي فِي الْإِسْلَامِ قَوْلًا لَا أَسْأَلُ عَنْهُ أَحَدًا غَيْرَكَ That, O Messenger of Allah, tell me something about Islam which I can ask of no one but you. Tell me something so comprehensive 
that I don't need to ask anyone any other questions regarding Islam. And the Prophet told him, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ Say, I have believed in Allah, and then remain firm and steadfast upon that. So istiqama, which is translated as steadfastness, it's this essential quality that all of us are supposed to nurture and develop within ourselves. And really the best description I can think of istiqama um, is being Muslim in the truest sense of the word. That trying our best to be the best Muslims that we can. That throughout our daily lives, we put forth this sincere effort in being conscious, upright, moral, practicing, concerned Muslims. Whether we're alone, we're at home, with with family, at work, at the gym, the grocery store, wherever we are, that we are trying our best to live our lives according to the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. As human beings, we are not required to be perfect. Perfection is an attribute of Allah and Allah alone. And we're also not angels. So what we are required to do is just put forth this sincere, honest effort. And doing so is a struggle. It requires uh, sacrifice and hardship and difficulty and time and patience. But that is perhaps why the reward for istiqama is so great. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, that if we have iman, if we say Allah is our Lord with true conviction, and then we remain steadfast upon it, then the angels will descend upon us. And some of the commentators say they will descend upon us at the time of death. Others mention that this is going to be when we're in the grave. Others mention this is going to be on the day of judgment. And there's no contradiction between any of these. That the angels perhaps will descend upon us in all three of these circumstances. And they're going to say, Do not be afraid and do not grieve. You have nothing to fear. That what's going to happen to you in the following steps in your grave on the day of judgment, accountability, don't be afraid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you his pardon. He will give you his mercy. He will forgive your sins and overlook your faults. He will give you entry into paradise. And don't grieve. Don't worry about what you left behind in the life of this world. Don't worry about your family. Don't worry about your wife, your children, your friends, your relatives, anyone, any other relationship. Why? Because we are your guardians. We are your protectors in this world as well as the next. That these angels that Sheikh Umar spoke about so beautifully, they are our guardians in this world protecting us and safeguarding us and bringing Allah's blessings and mercy into our lives and everything that we do. And they will also be our guardians when we leave this world, when we're placed in the grave, when we are uh, brought back to life from our graves, when we're standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they tell us the amazing reward. Rejoice in the paradise that you have been promised. And again, Shaykh Umar mentioned that verse where the angels make dua. That they say, That, oh Allah, enter these believers who you have pardoned and forgiven into gardens beneath which rivers flow. And here the angels are reminding us of that promise. Rejoice, be happy with paradise that you have been promised. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ 
that in this paradise, we can have whatever we want. You know, in this world, um, there are certain restrictions, there are certain limitations placed on us, that we cannot just follow our desires and chase after any type of comfort and luxury that we want. We have to live our lives within certain parameters. But in paradise, Whatever we want, it will be given to us, it will be granted to us. Whatever we ask for, whatever our request will be fulfilled. As hospitality from the most forgiving, the most merciful. Nuzun um, is what a host prepares for their guest. So as believers, as people of Iman and Istiqamah, we are going to be the guests of Al-Ghafoor Al-Rahim. We are going to be the guests of the most forgiving, the most merciful. And that is just something absolutely beautiful. That is something absolutely amazing. Imagine being the guest of Al-Kareem, the absolutely most generous. And, you know, I will close off with this quote of Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, who mentions how to develop istiqama. He says the foundation of istiqama is istiqama of the heart upon the oneness of Allah. When the heart becomes steadfast upon the recognition of Allah, fearing Him, honoring Him, respecting Him, loving Him, wanting Him, having hope in Him, asking Him, relying upon Him and turning away from everyone else besides Him, then the limbs will be steadfast upon His obedience. The heart is the king of the limbs and they are His army. If the ruler is steadfast and upright, then His army will also be steadfast and upright. And then Hassan Rahimullah used to say that Allahumma anta rabbuna farzuqna al-istiqamah That, oh Allah, you are our Lord, so grant us steadfastness. Beautiful, beautiful. I can tell there's something else. You, you, you had to skip something, didn't you? A uh, few things. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sheikh, is there one more minute? Anything else? This one, I, I mean, I can tell you got something you want to share with us, inshallah. Is there a gem, something else that, that, that got you? That... Myself? Yeah. Are we good? <laughs> I, I felt bad, and I feel like you're. I feel like you're being rushed. It's okay. No worries. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh, Subhanallah, Sheikh. The you know the um. You know when you go to Hajj or Umrah, and they say Dhuyuf al-Rahman, the guests of al-Rahman. What is it like to be Dhuyuf al-Rahim, for the Akhirah, right? To be the guest of al-Rahim in the hereafter. It, that that idea, like who prepared all this for you? By the way, you you are Nuzul min Ghafur al-Rahim, al-Ghafur al-Rahim that you've been calling out to this whole time. Uh, he has something special for you. Like the angels are, are telling you, subhanAllah, you know, wait till you see what, what he has in store for you. Like you're you're leaving this dunya, but wait till you get into those accommodations, right? And and building that excitement is really profound, really powerful. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow that to be our reality. Ajma'in, you know, all of us. Allahumma ameen. And of course, the, uh, the idea that this is connected to da'wah, that the one who calls to good will be called to good at their end as well. The one who calls to Al-Jannah will be called into Al-Jannah as soon as they leave this world. May Allah make us people of da'wah, people who call others to Allah. And I think one of the things that Shaykh Abdullah always actually reminds us of, uh, I've, I've heard you say it several times, this idea like da'wah is not just reserved for, you know, the special group of people. You always remind us of that, that everyone is, is in a constant state of calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their deed and with their word. Uh, and and. Hopefully, bid the night out. What is what is the goodness of their 
dunya and in their akhirah for all of us as well. Allahumma ameen. Uh, it's an open floor, inshallah. We got a couple minutes. You know, I could make some more California jokes, but I, I feel like there's a lot of gems in this uh, in this room. Stada Lubna, anything that you heard, Sheikh Abdullah, anything that you'd like to share? Sort of a last last take take home. We're in the, we're in the center now. Last ten nights of Roma. Uh I have a request from Sister Lubna because oh, okay. I've I've dealt with a number of converts and you know and and sisters that you know have been Muslim as well, and them donning the veil, right, putting the hijab on, not making any judgment, but you know. That's a huge step. I don't think we as brothers really realize that, um, yes. you know, because a lot of times with the sisters that, you know, they've worked at a place for how many years, then the next day, what's that veil? What is that? Like, who are you? Whether they say it or they may not say it, but it's indirectly implied. What advice do you have to those, those sisters and the young girls that are coming up, you know, and their mom's telling them sometimes they're pressuring them. They don't see the reasoning behind it. What advice would you have for them? It's such an important uh, question. I say, you know, if you keep the focus of the reason why you're doing it is Allah. Keep that as your focus and block out everything negative that you've ever heard. Islamophobic, you're never going to get a job. How are you going to get married? Oh, do it when you're older. All of the things that people tell us, our loved ones, our families tell us this stuff, right? Uh, sometimes we have the, 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 the aunties and the moms telling us to do it. And sometimes we have the moms and the aunties telling us not to do it. Keep all of that out of your mind. Focus that this is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you own it and think like, wow, just how we mentioned in, this, in the, all of the Quran 30 for 30, all the episodes, how beautiful Allah's sharia is. Allah's given me a command. I'm going to follow it and it's going to be good for me. It's going. So when you have that in your heart, you walk in and yeah, yeah, I have this on. You know, you, you walk in and you're proud. You're not looking to see who's looking at you. I look different. Yeah, you are different. And that's okay. So when you, when, you, when you have that feeling in your heart, it guides you and then you don't really, it, it, it's, it just falls to the wayside and people see that confidence. They don't see you as somebody who's scared and like, why are you wearing that? They'll be like, oh, what is that for? Yeah, this is a part of my religion. I'm doing it now. So you, when you have that confidence, it will show and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, uh, reward you for that effort, inshallah, and, and really make you successful in all of your affairs, inshallah. That's like a physical manifestation of it's also a physical manifestation of Allah Allah be kaf and abda. Look at this. Allah sufficient for us, you know. bless you all. Such a pleasure to have you both with us. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you all. So Cal is so blessed. Southern California is so blessed, mashallah, to have you. Uh, both in the institutions and subhanallah. Uh, may Allah protect that community and all the institutions and all of our, our leaders that are out there as well. Jazakumullah khairan. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, we hope to have you both again soon, inshallah. Sheikh Abdullah, jazakumullah khair. Thanks for provoking that last uh, gem, set of gems as well. Barakallah khairan. Inshallah ta'ala, we will see you all uh, later. And inshallah, hope you benefit from the content that's continuing to come out in these last 10. And again, a reminder to please, inshallah ta'ala, donate to IOK and to Yaqeen bi'dhinnahi ta'ala and to all the other great institutions that are out there, inshallah. Zakallah khairan wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. What does being Muslim mean to you? Is it the part of you that you hide away? Or something you proudly wear on your sleeve? Is it the anchor weighing you down? Or the wind beneath your wings? Is it an identity you inherited from those before you? or the path you choose to take? Does it drive your goals and dreams 
or is it the roadblock keeping you from achieving them? What does being Muslim mean to you? Is it a source of apathy or motivation? Oppression or empowerment? Shame or confidence? What does being Muslim mean to you? Are you who you are despite it or because of it? I'm gonna show you how great I am.